0: Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a podcast from Bright City Church. For more information visit our website www.brightcitychurchuk.com or find us on social media at Bright City Church UK.
1: Good evening and welcome everyone to Word Up. Thank you for joining us. Good evening Nikki. Hi Anne. Hi Sharon. Thank you for saying hi. It's great to be with you here. We've got myself pastor akin and ben from all of us from bright city church of course and uh pastor akin from bright city church south bright city <laughs> south big up for bright city south so that's our church plant that uh has been um it's about five or six weeks in in the running isn't it now so uh, yes. how yes. are you both and and how is bright city south pastor akin how's things going yes
0: hi good evening pastor being good evening ben good evening everyone yes thank you um quite to the South is going well. We um, had uh, another outreach yesterday where we went out distributing leaflets uh, in the surrounding um, uh, streets, which was great. Went into Stanhope yesterday, met some people who are quite um, enthusiastic about a church uh, near to where they live, and we're right. praying and hoping that they will come along at some point. But uh, yes, things are going well.
1: Thank God. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant hi ben how are you doing great to have you back we're uh, we missed you last week uh, we're not the same without you how you doing
2: good good yeah yeah Get, getting into uh, uh the study again was good yeah it's been a it's been an interesting long week but you know we, yeah we gotta work if we want to eat so that's where i was last week <laughs> great
1: great and uh, hi matt great to have you with us too Well here we are we're in Revelation. Just a little reminder you know it says that uh, right at the very beginning of the book of course it's the revelation of Jesus Christ showing his servants what must soon take place. So we're looking and uh, those of us who read it and take heed to these words will be blessed it said. Those who read it and who hear it and take to heart what is written it says in Revelation chapter three, we'll be blessed. It also says at the end, again, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds anything to them or take anything away from the words, you know, there, there will be serious consequences. It says the plagues of this book will be added to you. And um, if you take away from the book of this prophecy, uh, God will take away from him his share in the tree of life and in the holy city that's pretty serious isn't it i mean the jesus's words not mine uh, the lord's words so uh, yeah let's uh, let's take to to heart what is written in the book and uh, i've mentioned it before you know the reformers had this doctrine that they called the perspicuity of scripture meaning that it is understandable even to the simplest person, you know, can grasp the essentials of what the word of God is saying, I suppose as well through help from the Holy Spirit. So, um, you know, don't take too much heed to people who might say, oh, you know, there's so much in there and, and you know, there's no way we can understand it. No, God says, I will reveal to you the revelation and uh, i will help you understand and it will be a blessing to us so without further ado let's get into what these uh, this revelation says we are in chapter 5 and uh, chapter 4 and chapter 5 as this amazing picture of what's happening in heaven and uh, we saw this this incredible picture of the throne we we see now in in revelation 5 the 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 appearance of the lord jesus in all his glory as the lamb the lamb of god that was slain and as a quick reminder it we were we were looking at you know there was this um cry this question who is worthy who is worthy to open the scroll here we have the the scroll this amazing scroll that features through the book, the opening of the scroll, the breaking of the seals and the seals are going to be this uh, unfolding of, if you like, judgments and the final reckoning that God will bring. Now, that's not just a negative thing, but it's bringing about God's justice, God's redemption, God's dealing with sin and wickedness as well. And so so this is a, a, a great and final event you know, leading to the great and sometimes known as the great and terrible day of the Lord, the day of God's reckoning and judgment coming. And 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 so interestingly, this whole idea, who is worthy, who's holy enough to, to kind of begin this, open it. Um, we talked about this last time and nobody was worthy. It said nobody in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open or look inside it. And there was a weeping. And then, then we see Jesus, the Lion of the Tribe of Judah, who triumphed. He came and he opened the scroll. Yeah, let let's begin by just commenting on this. Uh, what what what's this alluding to, or or what does what does this speak to to you of?
0: I just I know Ben has got got some uh, good stuff here, but this no. this is just a gen- general commentary. It's something that people talk a lot about in in I guess in the um. In their viewpoint, they see evil people, you know, prospering and doing well. And and then they say, you know, where is this God of justice that you you Christians, you talk about? And, uh, you know, you've alluded to this, you know, as you said, it's a great... It's a great on the one hand, but it's terrible on the other hand, yes. day of the Lord that we speak about. And it's at that point in time when all of these things, you know, all of these questions that people sometimes have. And this is just a general comment I'm making here about, yeah. you know, why doesn't God do something if he's a God of justice? And, this, and, that's, and that's why you say, yes, for those of us that believe in him, it, it would be a great day. Because maybe in our lives we might we, we might have encountered you know sort of certain types of injustices and things that were were done to us and we, if in the sense we we just turn the other cheek in the sense we, by not taking you know action to retaliate or take any vengeance and it's like that's gone that's gone by the by but on that day um, you know we will be seen that those actions which maybe in the eyes of the world would be seen as foolishness will be justified. And um, those people who appeared it, as though they were doing all these, whatever it is they were doing, they were getting away with it and yeah. there was no justice and they, they, it was like, oh, they just lived their lives and they got away with all of the thing. on that day. It won't be a great day for them. On that day, it will be a terrible day for people like that who haven't repented. If if by God's grace, they've mm-hmm. repented at some point in their lives. then yes, it will be a great day for them. But if they haven't, it will be a, a terrible day. And I think this is it's important that we, like you say, we, we remind ourselves of these things so that um, we don't become discouraged. We don't become um if, if you like, uh, dissuaded from our faith in mm. thinking like other people think, oh, you know, God isn't doing anything and mm. people are getting away with this and why should I, you know, continue to, you know, to um, to live this life of, uh, if you like, of, of holiness, this yeah. life, this different lifestyle mm-hmm. from what other people are living. The majority of other people are living. And uh, when we come and we as we're going to uh, you know, look into these things that these seals are being opened and we can see, you know, the, the, the events that are going to, uh, you know, um, if you like, they're a prelude to the Lord's second <clears throat> coming. Then we can we, we can be strengthened in our faith and be encouraged because, like you said, these words, they will not put all of these words or everything that John has been shown in this vision are going to come to pass. And yeah. so it's, uh, and it should be an encouragement to all of us believers that let, let's read this. And like you rightly said, let's not regard it as a mystery that we don't want to delve into or we think it's too difficult to understand yeah. because it's an important part of our faith. Just as um, the book of John is, just as the book of Genesis is, the book of Revelation is also mm-hmm. a very important part of our preparation for yeah. for heaven, our hope, which is our true home.
1: Great, Pastor Akin. Thanks. Yeah, awesome. Ben, um, any comments on this kind of pic- heavenly picture and, you know, Jesus, the Lamb, uh, the Lion of Judah, the Lamb that was appearing slain? What uh, what have you got to bring to us on this?
2: Yeah, well, lo- loads of stuff, but probably lo- got time for everything. But <laughs> I-, I love looking at the text. I love looking at what's there. And, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about angels and, uh, you know, the angel. At the start, says uh, with it, John, says at the start, I saw a strong angel proclaiming who is worthy, and uh, you know that that angel I suggest is, is Gabriel because he's he's identified as a strong angel, announcing you know who's worthy, and then there's the sorrow because no one is worthy, but then John sees the lamb, you know the 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 vision of the lamb that looks like it's been killed, obviously you know a, a symbol of of Jesus. Uh, a symbol of the Passover lamb, but also, you know, it's a, it's a dual identity. One of the elders says to John, you know, don't weep, because here comes the line of the tribe of Judah, Judah, the root of David, who is worthy to open the open the scroll. And uh, you know, that, that lamb there has got you know different features. I like looking at the features of these different things that had seven yeah. horns, hmm. seven eyes, seven spirits. You know of Jesus, seven horns. Horns are always symbolic of strength in the Bible. Yeah, uh, complete and perfect strength. because seven oh, yes. is a perfect mm. number. Yeah. seven on om- complete and perfect knowledge, uh, God's omniscience, if you like, His mm-hmm. knowledge of things. And seven spirits, you know, complete presence everywhere, om- omnipresence. Says this seven spirits of God going into the world, a perfect omniscience of the whole world. Here is this this lamb and the bit that struck me the most was that um, in verse 7 when he he went the lamb went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sit, sat on the throne that verse honestly it's like like the blue touch paper like the dynamite because what follows is just incredible the absolute explosion of of praise around the throne because yeah. because yeah. of the worthiness <laughs> of the lamb who, yeah. who can, he is the one, like you were saying, you know, no one was worthy except Jesus. Go on, and, Ben,
1: go on. Wait, wait. Yes, wait. I can feel the, the praise within myself and my spirit. Don't stop, please, don't stop. The
2: you know, worship leader from the church, come on, this is the chapter. This is our chapter. <laughs> no, it's just, honestly, it's just incredible, you know, it, that, that moment you know we can read through this and just kind of pass it by oh you know look at all the features of it but sometimes one of the commentaries was saying sometimes you've got to pause and just appreciate it for what it is that you know here this moment where someone is found someone what all christ has gone through has has made him worthy to open the the scroll that that actually said in the scroll it's basically but that when they sing the because the, they erupt in praise and they start singing and one of the lines of the song says you're worthy to open the scroll because you were slain and you ransomed people and you have made them a kingdom a priest to our god and they shall reign and it's like this mm. this is the goal this is the, this is the this is the this is happening you know the yeah. scroll is open And now this is possible, you know, this thing long prophesied and long prayed. Do you think the Lord's prayer was instituted by Jesus? Your kingdom come, you you will be done, your kingdom come. It's it's been prayed like since the beginning of the church. That prayer was prayed. Your kingdom come, your kingdom come by, you know, countless believers and is going to happen you know the, the lamb has come and you know the kingdom is going to be ushered in through what the events that follow and and because of that because of that there is just this eruption of praise now i, th- I don't know you know i'm going too far in this chapter but you, you know, know it boom, talks, keep going it, it talks about like <laughs> the angels it's, it talks it uses the word myriad Myriad upon myriad, thousands upon thousands, which is, you know, a countless, incalculable number of angels. I mean I've been to some concerts and stuff, you know, it's sixty-two thousand people and you sometimes see those things on YouTube where you've got like must be like a five hundred drummers, five hundred guitarists, five hundred bass players, five hundred singers all in a stadium and they, they they do like a song like, you know, Sweet Home Alabama or something or some classic rock song. All of them play it all at the same time. And, you know, that that is an incredible sound. But that's just like a puny, puny example of, of what this is. Every stadium in the world filled with musicians playing one song couldn't come close to what they're talking about here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it is just incredible. Oh, anyway, there we go.
1: <laughs> Beautiful. There you, yes, wow. well said from the worship yes. leader of the church. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's... Uh, yeah and 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 yes as um as sharon said we could all fall on our faces and even mm. the the highest holiest heavenly beings all they can do immediately they fall down in front you know they can only fall down on their faces i presume and and worship the lamb yeah wonderful and interestingly there's a sort of an increase of this wow. There's three songs described. Anyway, before we sort of finish on the three songs that, that increase in this incredible crescendo of worship, there's one thing it says, each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which were the prayers of the saints. Interestingly, you know, in all this incredible picture of what is going to bring about this beautiful sort of... um. This this beautiful vision of 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 the kingdom of God that that all the Scripture has spoken to one day, as you so brilliantly described, Ben. But the the one sort of the one input of the the the, the saints or the presence of the saints is the prayers of the saints in mm. the bowls. I, I'm going to hand this over to our our prayer leader uh at bright city church and <laughs> now bright city church. pastor akin come on tell, tell us about why is the the prayers of the saints and the, the bowls full of the incense what what's this all about and uh... yes
0: yes thanks thanks for asking. That. i mean I- interesting enough i mean i mentioned this at the the, the prayer meeting on friday that he said um you know that we should lay up for ourselves we should not lay up for ourselves that's what he started with do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth okay. where where rust and moth and, and robbers, you know, steal these things and destroy these things. But he said instead, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where there, there's, there's no rust, there's no decay, there's no moth, nothing can destroy, Nothing. there are no natural disasters that can come and destroy your treasures, and no robbers, no thieves can steal them. And I was just thinking to myself, I was thinking, I said, Gosh, what, what, Lord, what are the, these treasures in heaven? What are they? You know, what, what kind of things are they? Because we need to, because you know, sometimes we can read these scriptures and think practically, how do we, where are, what are these treasures that we can lay out yeah. for ourselves in heaven? And uh, because of the study that we did last week, I just remembered this verse that it was like the prayers of the saints, you know, they were in this bowl in the presence of God, they were in heaven. Yeah. And it suddenly I thought to myself, what are prayers? And um, you know, like you mentioned, Ben, about that those those prayers, where we say, "Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth, in my life." You know, mm-hmm. as it is in heaven. Those prayers go up to heaven, and the more that we we know, we spend time, yeah, we we do it on, on a personal level at home, but also when we come together corporately to pray. And we're praying to, to the Lord to say, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. And we're praying in accordance with God's word. We're saying, Lord, you know, your, your word says that none should perish, but all should receive the gift of eternal life. You know, all the things that we know about the promises that are in God's word, that we know they're God's will. And we are praying those things, those prayers come into the presence of God. And, um, and we're looking at them and that, and that he says that they were bowls full of incense you know incense is it's something that's pleasing to god a, a sweet smelling aroma something that is pleasing to god as well and i really felt challenged and i was I felt to encourage people you know that you know praying we really need to you know to get to grips with this whole issue of our prayer lives you know it's not just something that is optional it's not something that's just for the pastors or for the leaders but it's for all of us and here we see this is heaven you know i was saying on Friday this is our home heaven is our home and we're getting to know what it's like in the place that we're going to spend eternity and what the things that are valued there. I said here on earth, people, we value our houses and it's the physical things that we can touch and see our houses, our homes, you know, our jobs, our status. Those are the things that are valued here. But in heaven, if we look through, the, as we continue to look through the scriptures and we see no mention of those things, then we should know that, yes, we need those things. We need to live in a house. We need the car to get from A to B and all of it. God knows all these need food. But in terms of eternity. Those things are there. They're not there. I don't even know if we're got even the food that we so much value here, whether we, I don't know how, how, how I don't know what possibly might be able to help us what we're going to be eating when we're in heaven. Are we going to be eating food as we are here? I mean, we value food so much here. But
1: the, but this is the reality of where we're going. And it's just the wedding really banquet. To, we're, we're going to start the wedding, with the <laughs> wedding banquet. I think we're eating yeah. something. But eating something.
0: <laughs> and it said, it said, "Man shall not live by bread alone." By yeah. every word that pers-. so maybe it's the word of God that we're going to be. We don't know. Maybe there is something. Maybe I don't yeah. know. But yeah. just to just on this verse here about the prayers, it really struck me again. To I was really encouraged again, and just strengthened again that you know, prayer. Our prayer is something that is it's valued by God, and it's something that comes into His presence. So as believers, we really should look into this again read this verse again like we're saying let, let God speak to us about you know our yes. prayer lives and yes. you know corporate prayer as well how important it is the incense as well is interesting the incense, because yeah. the
2: old testament the priests they used to they used to uh symbolically kind of have those bowls near the outside of the veil as a symbolic of, of of a pleasing aroma to the lord and um i remember reading worship together magazine a few years ago and they said well how would a modern day aromatherapist praise God? You know, and of course, you know, in the like in the Catholic Church and stuff, they have the incense. I'm not a Catholic. nor are you guys, and we're, I'm a solid like reformer. But some of the stuff, you know, it, it, it is uh, is quite symbolic and quite biblical. Yeah, like so the incense, you know. So we, we, we've sometimes had, had painters, you know, painting pictures while we've been leading worship. Maybe it's time for the aromatherapist to step up and let's, uh, let's uh, make a sweet, sweet smell to the Lord.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the um, it seems, you know, this is. This is pure worship, isn't it, in this incredible picture of worship and and to have the bowls of incense, which are the prayers of the saints, they're obviously a very pure form of worship, and I think it's showing the importance our prayers are worship to the lord are our, our obe- an act of obedience of worship as well, so yeah, great encouragement to pray, and so you've got this these three songs described, and the final song. Um and it says, then I heard verse thirteen. It says, Every creature in heaven, on earth, under the earth, on the sea, and all that is in them. So there's there's nothing that's not worshipping heaven here. Every single creature, heavenly, earthly, you know, the 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 those that were dead, those are in maybe under the earth in terms of creepy crawlies, I don't know, in the sea, all that is it, but everything is worshipping the Lord, and um, the four living creatures, amen, the elders fell down and worshipped, this incredible picture that, of worship. I wonder
2: how that sounded, I, I think Simon and Rachel were singing at Bright Sea this morning, they were singing this song, I think, um, to him who sits <laughs> on the throne.
1: Really? And uh,
2: you know, that's that's got a certain set sound to it, yeah. and um, you know, probably back in in like medieval times, it had another sound to it. You know, I, I wonder how how it how it sounds. You know, how that that chorus was sound you've had composers, countless composers, you know, it's Handel's Messiah, who have put some of these words to music and, and things like that. Yeah. But you just wonder, you know, how the heavenly music would sound. We because we all tend to go to you know, like songs of praise or hymn, hymns and high voices and stuff. But you know, that's only one expression of worship and uh, absolutely you, good. It, yeah. you wonder yes. how, how is this going to sound you know <laughs> in, in heaven yes uh, yeah it, it's
1: incredible
2: you know really it, it just makes you like we were talking about what we're going to eat there you know what's it going to sound like what's it going to oh, smell yeah. like?
1: yes yeah. keith green
2: said god made this world in six days and jesus has been gone two thousand years so can you imagine you know what's what he's gone to prepare for us if this world is beautiful you know in places but That was six (laughs) days' worth. You know, 2,000 years he's gone to prepare a place for us. Oh, I love
1: that. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yes. Uh, interestingly, I've been sort of um, I've, I've been having fun, you know, memorizing some scriptures recently, really enjoying it. And one of them uh, now, I believe it's Psalm uh, 33. Is it? Uh, yeah, Psalm 33. And it starts that, you know, it starts with real praise. You know, it says, sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. And It says it is fitting for the upright to praise him. You know, it, it's it's absolutely right and, and good, you know, to praise him. And then it describes the praise. You know, it says, you know, praise, him on, praise him on the harp. Praise yeah. him on the ten-string lyre. It says, you know, sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. You know, it's all this real exuberant, skillful worship, shouting, yeah. dancing, you know, real. And, and, and this, you know, this great picture's coming. And then it says, for... You know, why? The reason being for the word of the Lord is right and true. Mm. It goes on to be you know, the word of the Lord. And so anyway, I better not digress too much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this worship great stuff. great stuff, isn't it? Great stuff, yeah. Okay, so we have this incredible worship and um and then we're moving into to chapter six, of course, there's no chapters in the original, but there's been put in Then it's it's moving in now. I'm, I'm going to have to read from here, folks, so we could because we've not read this part out. Let's read. We're now moving into actually the opening of the seals. And so we're actually moving into the releasing of the judgments, if you like, of the Lord. Anyway, let's let's I'll start talking about it after I've read a bit of it. So let's read a few verses here. Chapter six, verse one. I watched as the lamb opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the living creatures say in a voice like thunder, come. I looked and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow and he was given a crown and he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. When the lamb opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, come. Then another horse came up, a fiery red one, came out, a fiery red one. Its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make men slay each other. To him was given a large sword. When the lamb opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come. I looked and there before me was a a black horse. Its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a day's wages, and three quarts of barley for a day's wages, and do not damage the oil and the wine. When the lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death and Hades was following close behind him they were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword famine and plague and by the wild beasts of the earth when he opened the fifth seal i saw under the altar the souls of him who had been slain because of the word of god and of the testimony they had maintained they called out in a loud voice, "How long, Sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood?" Then each of them was given a white robe, and they were told to wait a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and brothers were to be killed, as they had, say again, until the number of their fellow servants and brothers who were to be killed as they had been was completed, so I'll repeat that then each of them was given a white robe, and they were told to wait a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and brothers who were to be killed as they had been was completed. I think we'll stop there that's the first five seals we're now coming to if you like, the business of you know the opening of the seals and you know these uh, these judgments we've seen there the four horsemen of the apocalypse, as as many of us are familiar with this imagery. You know, the, the world is familiar with this imagery of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And um, so let's get straight into, into it, these four horsemen. Well, first of all, we've got, interestingly, the four living creatures are calling each of these Four horsemen aren 't they now? do you remember we saw these four living creatures with these in- incredible depictions of these angelic beings that were almost you know terrible and horrific in one sense with eyes all over their body and wings and and you know different um different representations and um who can remind us what they look like because they don 't want to pick up on this <laughs> yeah.
2: one, one end the face of a face of a um, Man, one yes, had the that's face right, of an eagle.
1: Yeah,
2: one had the face of a lion, maybe, yes. and one had the face of a, a what do they call it, a burden bearing animal like an ox? Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, great. So, so, yeah, interestingly, that each of these horsemen seem to be you know connected with one of those, um, because each of them are given the if you like the purpose of calling out these horsemen. Anybody want to comment on that at all? Did you come across anything about that? Or? No, um, I didn't I, actually
0: come across I the, the links. No, I, I didn't, no.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, there's not, nor did I anything that's, it's just the. it's interesting that it's there, isn't it? It's yes. definitely each of the different, mm. of the four, and there were only four that we saw, and they call out these uh, four horsemen. Anyway, let's look at the first horseman. There there was a white horse and the rider, so there's a horse and a rider each time. Now, here we've got a white horse and a and it's rider now in we know in scripture and in revelation as well sometimes jesus is partic- is is depicted as a white horse rider riding in white which is de- which is representative of purity and his glory on, on the horse coming um to bring you know uh, redemption and victory etc so is this is this jesus or is it somebody else here we have interestingly this rider has a bow given a crown so um, a crown you know could that be in- indicating jesus though interestingly i read that this is not um, a diadem crown but a, it's it seems like it's a wreath and he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest so, um, who wants to pick up on? Uh, I'm going to start with you, Ben, because I know we're having a little chat about it.
2: It's interesting what you say here. Yeah, there's different interpretations, and and like some would say, Jesus, some would say Rome. We've not really covered like the different the four views of Revelation. But if you're a historicist or a, a preterist, that uh, uh, relates, like historicists would re- relate everything to history, a preterist would say that all of Revelation was fulfilled, and it all relates to the destruction of Jerusalem in in AD 70. They you know, would say things like it's Rome and stuff um other other views uh, are interesting because uh, i'm glad you mentioned the crowns because um yeah i i read a little bit about how they would usually use a word for like a, a crown as a the word for like diadem um, yeah. but this was a, a different sort and um this <coughs> this right um is is crowned um and it has a bow but no arrows and it, it's almost like a uh, it's talking about conquering, but uh, it seemed to relate in a way that wasn't conquering by war, but by um, ushering in kind of like a treaties and, 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 and peaceful conquering, a, pe- a peaceful conquest, if you like. There was a bow there, but no arrows. Bow, you know, the, the power is there, but it's not being used in a military way. And the crown was interesting because they talked about a false crown because this is a, ushering in a false peace if you like, before before mm. the storm of, of war. And uh, we read about things where uh, the Antichrist, um, uh, it brings about a false peace and uh, a false covenant with the Jews where the temple is restored. Um, but yet later on, that's all cast aside because it's a, a deception. It, in my brain goes to that kind of thing when I, yes. I, I look at this and oh, uh, a white horse and rider conquering. But it's a false, con- a false piece, a false security, if you like. Is that's the little nugget that I, I got out of right. the, the first one.
1: Yeah, thanks, Ben. Brilliant. Akin, uh yes. anything? What What do you make of this, or what have you come across, or, or even what do you want to say yes. about this rider?
0: Yes, thank you. Uh, I've come across that. I think you, you you both mentioned it. The two sides of uh, this. Some commentators think that this is the Lord, and I think they're. Maybe looking at things like the the white horse, um, the all conquering king. They're looking at the, the the crown. They're looking at all of the things, and then they, you have others who say, "No, this as as Brenner just said, no, this is not the law. This is not. Um, this is more in line with, as you said, the um, the, the judgments of yeah. God that are coming. So they don't see this as being." The Lord at the end, who's going to usher in, um, you know, the the the, uh, the second coming, it were but these is first in line mm. of those judgments of God, and um, I just think it's quite interesting when we read through each one of them, we all see that there is, um, if I'm not mistaken, a kind of phrase along the lines of, an and he was given. Um, I'm just trying to see what we've got here. Uh, he had a bow. He had a crown. He says yes. He had a he crown. He was, was given a given.
1: crown. Yeah.
0: And so you see that it's not like the Lord who, you know, he's he doesn't need, and no one gives him the crown, you know, he is the, uh, you know, the all victorious, the all conquering one, the one, the yeah. only one who was able to, you know, to break the seals on the scroll and to, and to actually open that scroll. And so what you see with these other ones is almost as though they, the authority that they have to do what they're going to do, as it were, has mm. been given to them by someone. And so, I, I, you know, in one sense, that takes away. This is not the Lord, is it? This is, this is more like Ben, so This is more of the Antichrist. And, uh, yes. you know, everything that he's got, you know, you, you looked at the, the meaning of the crown that he was wearing. It's not a crown of glory that the Lord has. It's something else. It's the kind of maybe like the, the reef like you said that was given to the, the Roman, um, emperors, that sort of thing, or the, the conquering generals when they came back from concrete, mm. from their conquest and they were given one of these. So maybe all of these things, they were pointing more to, this is not the law. This is more like you said, a bringing in this false piece. He has the appearance of, uh, if yes, you like, an all-conquering right. king, but yes. he's not the real. He's not the real thing. He's he's is a fake. As yes, it were. that's
1: right. Yes, and we know the antichrist is just that. He's a false messiah who is received by much of the world as. A messiah-like figure so so in a sense this would fit in that he's you know he's in white he's got a crown he's riding on a white horse yeah he's received by many as are ah, the saving figure and yet uh, we we know from the rest of the story that at one point you know he reveals his true identity or true um nature and turns on the world and and turns on the saints first and so, yeah. Yeah. OK. This, so
2: Satan um, Satan once offered the, the crowns and the kingdoms of the world to Jesus. So, you know, it, this is almost like a, you know, this is the Antichrist is given a, a power, some power by the Lord to to accomplish his purposes in life. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Granting, you know, these four horsemen power over his you know,
1: yes, yes, and, I'm, and I, I'm not, I'm,
2: you know it's not a complete thought, but there
1: we go. No, no, it's it's true. Yeah. And looking at that phrase, you know, as a conqueror bent on conquest, bent mm. on conquest. I know it's the English translation. I haven't looked at the original, but that does not that does not have the spirit of Christ within mm. that <laughs> phrase at all. You know, Jesus was not bent on conquest or bent on anything he was just you know absolutely in full control and and so so yeah i think there's even a clue in that phrase bent on conquest and and at the end of the description of the four horses if we look to verse seven uh after the the fourth horses describe it then no, verse, verse eight rather after verse eight it says that they were, so, so referring, we could say to all the, the horses were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine and plague and by mm. the wild beasts of the earth. It seems like together all these horses are going to be bringing kind of havoc and death to the earth for one, one way and another. Uh, I want to also mention another thing about this. As we go through the descriptions of the four horsemen, uh, and and these are in the first four seals, and then in the fifth breaking of the fifth seal, as we heard there, there's a description of the saints, you know, who have been slain, um, have been martyred, in fact, crying out for vengeance. That's part of the fifth seal, uh, and 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 then the sixth seal, there's a change and and we start to see this this real kind of absolutely definitely almost acts of god a uh, supernatural acts of god a great earthquake uh, the sun turned black the the moon you know the, this is the the cosmos being being changed being being affected being turned uh, you know, is part of the judgment, which only God could do. But if we look at the first four horses, it seems like it's a, a kind of the result of the extreme wickedness of man. Um, yes, yes, influenced by demonic forces, influenced by the devil and, and this wickedness causing, you know, warfare, causing famine, economic collapse, causing, you know, the Man to turn upon man, and and men killing men—a kind of unleashing, the full unleashing of evil on the earth. And so, yeah. this is this. I just want to talk about this. Well, just wanted to sort of uh, bring to you this subtle difference in these first four horsemen, and then mo- from the first four seals, and then yes. a change uh, in five and six. I just want to pick
0: up on that point, you know, when when we were going through the, the gospel of Mark, you know, we, were, we we came across it time and time again, didn't we, that even though it, it appeared as though things were, that things sometimes appeared as though they were quite chaotic in the way that, um, you know, the religious people were attacking Jesus and uh, different things were happening, but we kept, we kept commenting on the fact that he was always in control, wasn't he? he was always in control there was there was never a time when you know it was like the, the enemy had yeah. the upper hand or or the religious leaders had the upper hand or you know events were out of his control or the things that were happening in the lives of his disciples you know took him but he, he always was in control at all points in time even at the even in the garden of gethsemane he was in control when he was saying to the people you know if even if i call on my father you don't, you don't think he will send me you know legions of angels even at this point in time and when we're looking at even this the events here it's the same thing when it appears as though these, these four horsemen, they have been given the, um, you know, the authority and the power to do what they're doing. And even when it comes to the impact, the geographical impact, it says it's, it's, it was almost like it was, they were confined to a quarter of the, of the earth. Even that there is a confinement there, but when it comes to the things of God controlling the, the cosmos, the, you know the the sun, the, the, uh, sorry, the moon, the sun, the moon, these these are things that um, only, like you rightly said, these are things that only God Himself has control over. Yeah. and even here, even yeah. in, when it comes to the martyrs, you know, even when the saints are being martyred and they're calling out to God, they're crying out to God. It's not a random thing either. It's like the Lord, as see, said, the word says at the end of this, like it was almost as though it says there was a complete number that the Lord was waiting for before, before he took action. And so everything, even from, right from Genesis through all the scriptures, through the Gospels, and we're in the book of Revelation, the final book of the Bible. And we can see here the consistency of God, that he is always in control, even when things appear to be out of control from the human perspective and even from our Christian perspective as well, that God is. Still remains the supreme ruler of the universe, and he's always in control of what's happening.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think that there would be some teaching that would say, "Ah, oh, yes, you know, this is depicting, um, you know, maybe the historicist uh, teaching, as as Ben alluded to, or but but anyway, depicting how man through the centuries uh, has has you know been involved in the wars, and uh, there's been pestilences and famines and this that and the other and and yet if we just look at this as it is it seems like in the the last days there's going to be an intensifying of these things on the earth and if we think of this you know if this is a chronological description of of what's happening i'm saying if and um i i I tend to sway that you know there is some chronology here that, that that is alluded to you know it's uh but then interestingly you've got the the white horse followed then let's look at the the red horse we, we've got another has come a fiery red one was given power to take peace from the earth and to make men slay each other so here we've got to him was given a large sword war slaying the killing of um of of, of mankind one and another I think, um, as I also said, you know, we've got then a a summation of them was given to kill a quarter of the earth uh, by sword, famine, plague and even wild beasts on the earth. A quarter of the earth, you know, yes, it's sort of symbolic, but a a quarter of the earth is a huge amount. It would relate to something like, I think today, 1.5 billion people. Interestingly, I mean, in World War Two, the 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 numbers that were killed—not just through the fighting, but through all the other consequences—something like forty to fifty million, one point five billion—is um, you know increasing the kind of desolation that happened in World War Two by who's who's good at maths tenfold. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's more than that even. More than that, yeah. Yeah, so. We've got this, this war coming. Then the third seal. I heard a, a third, third living creature. Interestingly, each one, it's the lamb open the seal. The lamb open. It's Jesus is opening these seals and, you know, releasing these things. I looked before me and there was the black horse. So the third horse is the black horse holding a pair of scales in his hand. What about these pair of scales? Pastor Akin, did you get anything uh, on on the pair of scales? What does this represent?
0: Um, what what I what I read was that it was a form of I read that it was a form of rationing that um, there would be scarcity was going to come upon the earth, yeah. and that um, you know these things that are mentioned here that they're being sold you know a, a quart of wheat for a, a, that's supposed to, supposedly a day's wages a a, a quart of wheat is like I think I read somewhere that that was um, I think ten or twelve times what its normal value would be. And so this, what, like the commentary, I read were just saying that you know the skills basically, the, it's a representation of um, of scarcity today. Everything was going to be measured and uh, and rationed because yeah. they would be because of this scarcity. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah, so so that's right. Yes. Yeah, famine, economic uh, collapse, economic scarcity, mm-hmm. um, scarcity of, of of resources and things. And it's um, amazing
2: you can see that some of these things we could have read in the past and kind of you know. Not had anything to relate to, but having gone through COVID and seeing those empty supermarket shelves at the start, yeah, and mm. the, the you know the economic kind of consequences that are happening now, the cost of living crisis and interest rates and all that kind of stuff, you just like you know it's a little bit more tangible.
1: It, it really is, isn't it, Ben? That's yes. right. It, we, yes. we can we can relate to it, can't we? We can see mm. goodness. We can see how this can really be felt around the whole world and experience what we've just been through. And I mean, even mm-hmm. if we look at the the war in Ukraine right now, the, the what's happening, I mean, Ukraine has been known as, you know, the breadbasket of, I think, the world, you know, or, or Europe. I, I mean, what will the unfolding and ongoing consequences be down the line? I'm not trying to speak doom and gloom, but I'm just saying these, this warring and these things that are happening and we don't know where it's going to go, have huge economic consequences you know we've got to be uh, yeah we've got to 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 realize these things are happening and in our midst absolutely we're running out of time there friends it's actually yeah it's gone past our time we're getting into the seals as an encouragement i want to leave you with you know this is a depiction of the lord unfolding his justice his redemption his bringing everything into alignment with the kingdom of god and that includes dealing with you know the rebellion and sin of wickedness on the earth so um Do do not despair. Us who belong to the Lord, it will be a great day, a wonderful day. His appearing, we long for His appearing. (laughs) We look up and we say, Even so, come, Lord Jesus. And yet, we also know that this will be for those who've rebelled against God, it will be a dreadful time. All the more reason why we should share our Lord Jesus and his redemption to uh, all those that we meet with. And that's what we're called to our purpose as a church together. So let's work out great ways that we can do that. Thank you for joining us. We'll be picking up next week on uh, continuation of the opening of the scroll and, and the breaking of the seals. God bless you. Have a fantastic week, guys. Thanks so much. God
2: bless. you. See you. <laughs> Bye.